Ladies and gentlemen, people of all colours, shapes and sizes, welcome. Or welcome back to the Pages of My Diary podcast. Feels so good to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a good episode again today. Um, Before we get into it though, a little intro about yours truly. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Casey. I am a musician and for the past year or so, I've been keeping a diary. This diary right here was used to document the writing, recording, and release of my latest project, The Human Experience, which is available now, um, probably on the platform that you are listening or watching from. So if you feel so inclined, if you enjoy this episode and you want to check out some more music, it will be on all platforms, basically. I decided that I wanted to turn this uh, diary into a podcast to give you lot a behind-the-scenes look into how an album is made. I thought it was an interesting process and uh, something that is shrouded in secrecy and mystery. Um, So I wanted to peel back that curtain and give you guys an insight into everything we encountered during the making of the album. The good, the bad, the beautiful. It's all coming up and it's coming up. Right after this. Woo! Episode seven. This I can just I can tell this is gonna be a good one today. That song that you heard in the intro, that was cardboard spaceships. And we are going to start today's entry, Saturday the 14th of November 2020. Today was a really successful day. I finished the demos for all the songs I have ready, so everything apart from Malibu and Kissing Boys in the Rain. I started out by recording the rest of To Fall Asleep and Wake Up With You, as I'd already started it for the 30 second songs I'm putting up on IG Reels. Yeah, I think this was around the time that... um, IG Reels started coming out, you know, to rival TikTok, obviously, Um, and I thought doing these 30-second songs was a good way to put some feelers out there to see what people liked, what people maybe didn't think was as strong. Um, It was recorded and mixed by me, so (laughs) without, um, it goes without saying, but they, they weren't exactly blessed with the the mixing skills of some of the, the amazing producers that I work with now. Um, they were just rough demo versions, like I said, just put out there to get an idea of what people liked and, and what people were drawn to, really. Um, it was a good bit of market research, shall we say. And I'll put those up on Patreon. I'll put a couple of them up because from what I remember, they were they were pretty bad. Um, or at least they were mixed pretty bad. I think we had a version of Cardboard Spaceships put up, Baby Boy... Still We Rise, uh, a couple songs that didn't make it to the project, um, and obviously To Fall Asleep and Wake Up With You. So, like I said, I'll put those on Patreon. The vocals came out really well, and I may even use some of them for the final version. Now, I know I didn't because I've got this weird thing where if I'd used some of the old vocals and then started recording over them, then... The vocals with my my voice basically sounds different depending on what day or what time of the day as well it is, um, which is pretty crazy. But 
they they were definitely helpful. Like I was saying in the last episode about how the demos were were a great practice run, similar with um with this kind of vibe as well. Unfortunately, oh no, the same can't be said for the next song I recorded, Allah Akbar slash Alleluia. Now Alleluia. The amount of time it took to get the opening verse in time was ridiculous. Uh, and I put that all in capitals, so must be very, very ridiculous. Um, looking back in hindsight, you know, it was it was solid foundations that were being built. Um, I went through the struggle there, so I didn't have to two months down the line when I actually recorded it. So um, it did make things a lot, a lot easier. And bonus, I didn't even use that verse as well, so... I rewrote the verse, it was a lot easier to do, number one, but also it was just a better verse in my opinion, so everyone's a winner, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but we got there in the end, and now that's all sounding great. I had a feeling come over me whilst recording that took me back to when I wrote the song, a feeling that this is a really special song. The content of the lyrics is something I feel that the world could do with hearing right now, so I'm really happy I've created it for this project. Yep, we obviously we went very, very in depth into the song's meaning, kind of me trying to give a little bit of context on where I was coming from and things of that sort. So I won't go into that too much, but um, it's weird because I do think of it that way. I know we're not on a world stage at the moment, but I do think that songs have that ability to to be new. You know, somebody might discover Hallelujah two weeks from now, two months from now, two years from now, decades from now, but it will always, it will be new to them, you know, it might have been uploaded 10 years ago, but it's, it's, it's allowing for that discovery, um, and to be honest, making music is the closest thing, I think about this sometimes, um, the closest thing to immortality that we have at the moment, once the song's up, it's it's out there. It's up there forever. People say the internet's forever, obviously in like kind of <laughs> negative um in a negative way or in a negative situation. But the internet is forever, or at least as long as we'll be around, I guess. And artists, especially like, you know, Frank Sinatra, he's he's not with us anymore. He was not at the height, but he was very popular in the thirties, forties, fifties. I think I think I'm getting that right. I'm not too good with the ears, but I know the songs. Um, but he was at the height of his popularity then, and we still, you know, a lot of people still know about him today. So that's living beyond his beyond his life. So, like I said, closest thing to immortality I've I've come across. And last on the list of today's demos was Goodbye at the Gate. Now the next chapter. Now, by this time, I'd come to the decision that my objective of the demos was to, one, get the outline for the, how the song sounds in real life. may sound simple, but it, it is surprising how different um, songs sound recorded compared to in your head. Obviously, when you're rehearsing and you're making, making the song in your head, everything sounds perfect. All the vocal takes are exactly how you want them. The instrumentals hitting perfectly in time, um, the EQs done, the reverbs on, all of that. So it's this finished product in your head. 
but it's not until you come to record it that you realize, oh wow, that's about a hundred different things that I've got to include to, to get it how it's sounding in my head. Um, so like I said, that's one big thing that I learned from the demos. Number two was to experiment and run into happy accidents whilst recording. So the demo versions were a bit more playful. They're a bit more fun, experimental stages. So I could try something. If it didn't work, no problem. Um, if it did work, great, it's going in the final version. Whereas when you record the final version, it's that feels a bit more like work. It's it's now time to execute on what you what you know you need to do, I guess. Talking about in a militant fashion, I guess. <laughs> and finally, three, prepare everything for when I come to record the final version. So like I said, I've the demos were making the plan, and then the final versions were executing on what I knew I had to do. Um, and it made recording so much quicker and actually more fun as well. In previous projects and, and songs, it's literally been like, all right, okay, go get your game face on now. We're recording the real thing. It was it was so serious and I tried to get it all done in one day and everything felt very rushed and yeah, it, it sucked a lot of the fun out of it. Whereas this project was, yeah, there, there were hard times, but for the majority of the time, for the 80%, it was it was really fun. So, with this in mind, and maybe a little laziness setting in, I recorded a really basic version of the song, and any ideas I had whilst recording, I made a new channel and made a note of. To be honest, I think I'm going to end up rewriting Goodbye at the Gate, as I'm not completely happy with how it sounds at the moment and the strength of the story I'm trying to tell. Spoiler alert, I did rewrite it. I even changed the title name. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've gone into kind of what Goodbye at the Gate was. So forgive me if I repeat myself, but if I haven't, then you're welcome. <laughs> um, Goodbye at the Gate was similar to the next chapter in the sense that it's an open letter to my family saying, you know, this is why I need to leave this is what I'm hoping to achieve. I've got a vision of doing something bigger than than just myself. I want to make this community and, and really give this the best shot that it can. It was the same in that sense, but it wasn't an actual letter. It was called Goodbye at the Gate because I had it initially set at the airport. Kind of those, you know, those rom-com films where the, the girl or the guys is walking through the gate about to board the plane and through through the crowd, they look back and they see their partner running in slow motion most of the time, saying, wait, I love you. That was absolutely horrendous, but you get the point anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I didn't fully commit to the character. That's, that's why I'm cringing so much. I, I half-assed it. Anyways, I had that sort of thing in my head, but with my family instead saying you know, I'm about to board this plane, this signifies a new beginning for me, but I'm never going to forget what you've done for me, and uh, I intend to come back, it's not like I'm going forever, but for now, it's it's the best thing to do, but, uh, and it sounds like a pretty good concept, even saying it now, if I do say so myself, um, but yeah, the way I wrote it, and the way I executed it, just wasn't, wasn't quite coming out as, as I wanted, but that's the story of Goodbye at the Gate. But even in this little setback, 
I'm still happy because I found out I don't feel confident about the song way before the release date. So I have the luxury of time to change and improve it. Yeah, it's a big bonus. Like I said about Alleluia, working out the kinks two months before I've got to record it is is a blessing. It's like, okay, I can, t- I can take that because I don't have the pressure of, oh, and it's got to be in next week. Plus, I have a new idea for it. Me and Dad really like the Beatles song, She's Leaving Home, from their Sgt. Pepper's album. And there's a line in there about the parents finding a letter from the child, presumably about why she's left home. This song. So like I said, Goodbye at the Gate does turn into this song, the next chapter. And that song, She's Leaving Home, if you haven't heard it, please go check it out. They're they're an independent band. Don't know if you've heard of them, The Beatles. They're like this new indie kind of band. They're they're really going to be something, I reckon. But um, yeah, if you could go help them out, go stream or listen to or watch She's Leaving Home for me. It's just such a great piece of storytelling. You can see, or at least I could, see everything that Paul is singing about. You can... um, I don't want to do the whole song because I don't want to ruin it, but like I said, line lines from the song. Um, father snores as his wife gets into her dressing gown, picks up the letter that's lying there, standing alone at the top of the stairs. She breaks down and cries to her husband, Daddy, our baby's gone. You know, that that's such a that provokes such a visceral uh, vivid emotion for me. I can literally picture at my granddad's old house. I don't know why Paul McCartney's wife is standing there in my granddad's house, but nevertheless, she picks up the letter. She's she's broken down crying. She's screaming in the other room. It's just, it's such a good song. And that's where I kind of wanted to build off because that's pretty much all they say about the letter. They say, you know, picks up the letter that's lying there. And then it obviously is emotive enough to make her cry. But it doesn't say what's in the letter. So with the next chapter, I I thought, okay, well, what would be in my letter? If I left home and all I could leave for my parents was an explanation in a letter, what would would it be? Um, And that's kind of, that was the inspiration for the song, really. So I want to explore that a little more in depth. Maybe I could write the song as an open letter to my parents. I reckon you should. Dear mom and dad, I'm sorry it had to be like this. And all you have is this note. I know you're mad, I don't expect you to understand. Now by the time that you're reading this, I'll be far away. Just like they said in the song. Now, I'm not sure if your first listen or your first couple listens, you might have caught it, you might not have caught caught that, but um, that's exactly why I wanted to do this, do this podcast, keep this diary to give a little bit of context to the situations and what I'm feeling at the time and, and the meaning behind these songs. So the song starts, Dear Mum and Dad, I'm sorry it had to be like this, which for those of you that still write letters or know how they're written, pretty much every letter starts with addressing the person that, you, that you're that you writing to. So figured I'd start it like that, then put 
an ambiguous statement straight after it than that raises more questions than it answers. You know, I'm sorry I had to be like this. I'm, I'm sorry what had to be like what. Uh, good English there, but <laughs> you get the point anyway. And then the chorus kind of continues, not giving too much away, but adding, setting the scene. Um, by the time you're reading this, I'll be far away, just like they said in the song. That's a little nod to the Beatles, She's Leaving Home. Because they talk about, you know, uh, by this certain time in the morning, she'll be far away. So I thought I'd add that in. Then then verse one is, I guess it's my justification to my parents of why I feel so strongly I need to, to leave. Because I see this music thing, this career, this community that we're building, I, I see it going so big. I can, I can just, feel, even talking about it now, I feel it so strongly. So... I've got dreams of building something bigger than me. You know, I don't want to live a... Uh, and there's nothing wrong with this. I've lived it for long enough. But um, I don't want to live an ordinary life, you know, just going to work, coming home, having a family. I want to... I really want to contribute something to to the world and building this community and spreading a little bit more love and telling these stories of the times that we're living in is is my way of doing it. So... I've got dreams of building something bigger than me and I hope one day that you see all the visions I see. In my mind, I know I know this is going to sound crazy, but I hope that we look back on this one day and go, wow, he were right though. In my mind, I've, I've performed at the O2 like five to ten times because I visualize it and I imagine what it's going to feel like when I perform there or when I get a Grammy or when when I feel the first uh, the first instances where this is taking off, I've already seen those things in my mind. And now it's just about putting a plan into action, having a lot of fun with it, building this community and experiencing it in real life so that they can see what I saw five, six years ago. Um, that's what that line means. And on and on throughout the song, every line that I put in there, I could break down and sit here for 10 minutes. Um, but I'm not going to do that because we've got plenty more of the entry to get through. But I hope that goes a little bit of a way to um, to explaining yeah, how much and what this song means to me. Right, so following on from that, um, I've actually had a little brainstorm in here. It's very messy, but... Um, I've underlined opening line, dear mum and dad, again, going back to the letter style of things. First of all, I'm sorry for leaving without a word or as much as a trace. And then that's all I've got because <laughs> I remember writing this. I, I stopped promptly to, to start writing it properly, you know, got my laptop out, went searching for instrumentals trying to find the perfect one and and really developing this idea i felt a lot of momentum and a lot of jitters very excited to uh to get started actually now i've played around with the idea in here i'm really feeling the excitement build to get on and write the full thing so i'll leave it there for today's entry i'm off to try and find the right instrumental for this bad boy and then we come back to the diary on saturday the 21st of november 2020 this week has brought new instrumental ideas and the start of a spaceship. I kicked off the week by going through a ton of beats and I think, think, and I've underlined both the things, 
uh, I think I have found the instrumental for Kissing Boys in the Rain. It's an indie style instrumental which I think flows really well after Cardboard Spaceships and captures the energy and freedom of the song. Think again. This, <laughs> this was uh, way before the song got done. So unfortunately this one didn't work out but it all worked out in the end and I'm happy with the song that we produced. So I'm not hating on it too much. I've got a few beat ideas for Goodbye at the Gate, or as it's now named, the next chapter, too. One is a high-energy, triumphant rap-style beat, and one is a more jazzier vibe, and the last one is more of a traditional style, and closer to the original idea of exploring the goodbye letter. The rap one sticks in my head the most, and I've had the same melody-slash-lyric ideas whilst freestyling to it over the last day or so but I need to sit with them all for a little bit longer to see which is the best fit. I think we went for the the quote-unquote jazzier one in the end. In other news, I've been in a really artsy mood this week. (laughs) Brackets, and the house definitely looks like it. Paint and cardboard everywhere. I've started working on those 10 canvases I brought, and so far I've finished the spiral human experience canvas, and the cardboard spaceships box canvas. Yeah, I'm trying to get my trying to get my art skills up there with the best of them, or at least just to just to be able to do some sort of painting. Um, so I start. I bought these little canvases, just just little, almost al- album cover um, sized, and just started painting them one for each song on the album. Also, I've made a start on transforming some normal boring cardboard boxes into my very own Sana ship. I've really enjoyed coming home and drawing a panel on on each night, and I've even hidden some Easter eggs in there that'll give away clues about my real identity and future project titles. Now, one day, I promise you can edit this clip and save it for your archives. I will reveal, like, all the little Easter eggs that I put in the Cardboard Spaceships music video, but... For now, obviously, I can't reveal it because still wearing the mask. But um, let me know if you think you spotted any. If you if you think you know what I'm talking about and what some of the signs mean, then uh, yeah, definitely let me know. I'd be interested to see if if you got any. Tomorrow I'll be recording the rest of the vocals for cardboard spaceships, and who knows, maybe a little more spaceship building. So, I've been talking about it quite a while. Um, those of you that have seen the Cardboard Spaceships like performance video or the Live from the Sana Ship mini concert that we did, what we, what we did, I'll try and explain it as best I can. We got a bunch of cardboard boxes, drew like control panels and viewing platforms and, and made a bunch of stuff to go in this Cardboard Spaceship. And we erected the uh, structure and pretty much had the interior of a cardboard spaceship. It was like, it was something silly. It was three meters high and then 10 meters from corner to corner and then the the other corner to the other corner. So I guess 20 meters. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the tech guy. Leave me alone. Um, but yeah, it was pretty big. So if you haven't seen the video... Head on over to YouTube and check it out. Um, if you have seen the video, 
congrats. I mean, I've seen it as well. So we have something else in common. Thank you. <laughs> now, moving swiftly on to Sunday, the 22nd of November, 2020. Recording for Cardboard Spaceships went amazing. There's some pretty hard notes to hit in there, which I was a little nervous about. But when it came time, I feel like it put down really well. Yeah, there's one one part especially, well, the, the bridge, because it's just so high up in my register, it feels like screaming sometimes. And uh, the second half of the chorus as well, you know, memories like daisies, see them in my daydreams. Those were the two main tricky, tricky bits. I started recording the song during the week, mostly backgrounds, falsettos, different delivery styles, and any accessory recordings. Okay, so I did this one backwards to how I usually record the songs. I'll usually get the main vocal and the big bits done first, and then all the extra, extra stuff after. But um, for one reason or another on this day, I decided to mix it up a little and uh, do it backwards. But today's focus was getting the main vocals and stacks finished so it's ready to mix and then ready for the music videos we'll be shooting in the coming weeks. Speaking of music videos, I've officially finished seven panels for the Sana ship. Wow, that is a mouthful. Uh, do I know how many panels I need for the backdrop? Nope. Am I going to do more than I'll need? Probably. Am I any better at art than when I started? Jury's out on that one. Yeah, so the the final count I believe was twelve main panels for the for the walls, a bunch of extra boxes for the floor, um, which obviously didn't need any extra artistic skills, artistic input from me, um, and then a few little accessories, shall we say, that we put on set as well to to help help the vibe. Um, to be honest, looking back at it, I. I can't believe we actually did it in in real life. Like, we actually made that cardboard spaceship. Yes, it would have been way easier to green screen it or CGI it, but to be honest, I don't think the outcome would have been the same. And, and making it as well was, like I said, it's just mind-blowing when I think back to it. So many evenings of just grabbing a pen and, and getting to work after a full day's of work and assembling it everything that we went through with a long story short we we uh we assembled it took a break came back and well it, it fell down midway through putting it up actually my somebody in my family nearly got buried underneath it um so we built it it fell down and then we built it again and obviously the rest is uh the rest is local history but like I say, it's just, it's so crazy we actually accomplished that. That's a, that's a big, <clears throat> a big, uh, a big milestone and a big positive for us because it showed us that you don't need a, a massive Hollywood A-list uh, producer team to, to be able to get stuff like that done. You can do it as an independent and you can, you can certainly make it work. So back to the entry. After the recording session, I had some lunch and then got a little writing session in. I worked with the beat I found for Kissing Boys in the Rain, and I'm starting to get in the groove of it. A few good lyrics popping up, and the overall storyline is becoming clearer too. So yeah, I think whilst we didn't use this for the final version, 
this version helped a lot with with the storyline with making sure okay let's set the scene take me to that paris night disco balls and flashing lights and different events throughout the story and to keep it keep it current and uh yeah to develop it as we go through the song as well it's evening time here now so the plan is to take it easy watch some youtube and send some emails for these outstanding beats and i think i think people lovely people of planet earth that is where we will leave it for today that is the end of episode seven of the page of my diary podcast if you enjoyed yourself please do me a massive favor Leave us a a like, leave us a review because those really, really do help with uh, podcast discovery, I hear. Uh, Also, follow the podcast, follow me on uh, Spotify as well if it's a different profile. Uh, YouTube as well, if you want to subscribe, feel free to because we've got plenty more cardboard spaceships coming, uh, music videos, lyric breakdowns, and obviously every week you get a new brand spanking new episode of the Pages of My Diary podcast with my beautiful face in it. So what is not to like? What is there a reason not to hit the subscribe button? I don't think so. Thank you so much for joining me. I love y'all. And do not forget, do not forget, beauty is only skin deep and everyone is beautiful to someone. So don't curse the trumpet for not being a violin. I'll leave you to work out what that one means, but until I see you in the next one, peace.